So we're going to be um, reading from Psalm 14 tonight. hope I gave the right one. Yeah, I did. Praise the Lord. Psalm 14, it says, Denunciation of God, Godlessness. Fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are, corru- they are corrupt. They do abominable uh, 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 deeds. Abnormable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord ducks down from heaven on humankind to see if there are any who are wise who seek after God. They have all gone astray. They are all alike perverse. There is no one who does good. Not one. Have they no knowledge of all the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they shall be in great terror, for God is with the company of the righteous. You would confound the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that deliverance for Israel would come from Zion, when the Lord restores the fortune of his people. Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. So we see the description of the, the fool. And how would you describe somebody who is a fool or foolish? You might think they're, they're stupid or ignorant. Maybe no education. Maybe it's somebody who plays the fool all the time. But you might not have much regard for somebody who's considered you consider to be a fool. But whatever you regard a fool to be, God sees it differently. God sees the fool as what Hebrew is called Nabal, which means the one who does not know God or the one whose mind is, has closed, um, the one who's, someone who's closed their mind to God. So if you've closed your mind to God, the Bible's calling you a fool, sorry. It's not me. I've offended enough people, but it's just what the Bible says. <laughs> So the Bible says, if, you're, if you don't know God, if your mind is closed to God, then you're in the, the circumstances of being a fool. That's not very pleasant, is it? <laughs> they are corrupt. They do horrible deeds. There is no one good. Because... It's not necessarily the person because they don't know God, but because they don't know God, their hearts become corrupt, isn't it, right? If you don't know God, your heart becomes corrupt, and your heart, you listen to your heart, you listen to your flesh, you listen to your own mind, your own needs, your own purpose, your own values, what you think is right, what you think is good, and not listen to God and to his word, which instructs us what is good, what is kind, what is just, what is right, what is his will. And I think it's hard for us in a Western society to gather where our hearts are because I think in many ways our hearts are divided, aren't they? In one way we want God, but we want God in our terms. I would love to have God in my terms. God, do this, do that, and I can still do this, God. I can act this way, behave this way, live this way, but God, I've got you and you can do what you want. But it doesn't walk that way. God says to us, 
this is how I want your heart to be and in line with my spirit and my will and my purpose and my goal that your heart, your mind and your flesh is turned to me and when you turn on those paths and walk those paths of righteousness you find the right paths, the right ways, the good ways to live the ways that fulfill you and give you life and hope and love and peace and kindness the things that bring joy and hope and restoration But in many ways, you know when a person's, you know what's in a person's heart, and you know how to tell what's in a person's heart. Usually, it comes out in their mouth. <laughs> Not always hard to tell. If a person's fearful or anxious, it tends to come out in their mouth. Their actions, you can see in their heart and their mind, they're fearful, anxious. Somebody's angry. Not hard to tell if they're angry. If somebody's upset, if somebody's fearful. You see what is manifest within come out. Amen? Or is it just me? (laughs) And so there's something about the heart that when it's aimed on things that aren't of God, in God's will, in God's purpose, the heart becomes corrupt. And there's some way in which the heart, rather than God, then directs us. Getting dangerous ground here, aren't you? It says in Jeremiah verses chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful. Can you trust your heart? I always talk to people who say, oh, God's put that in my heart. And I say, oh, help us all. (laughs) Help us all. God's put that in your heart because your heart's corrupt. Your heart's deceitful. What's God put upon your spirit? Is God witness to your spirit, man or woman, to be inclusive? Is God witness to you? Is in your spirit that you know in deep down, and your ma, your mind, your heart, your soul, the depths of you, that this is what God's calling you to do? Because if it's a spirit, it's in line with God's character, God's purpose, God's word, God's will. Aligns you to good paths of hope, paths of good living, paths of joyfulness, paths of righteousness. That when your heart is directed towards God, then the things that will come out of you are of God. Amen. It says in Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23, that the things that proceed from the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. So sometimes things that come from your mouth are coming from your heart, and they're defiled. And that's why we've got to be careful with our mouth, isn't it? Of what we say. We may say, we may be thinking things that we say, we think we are right, and our heart feels good, our heart feels purposeful, but is it really God? Do the words come from God? Or are they from a place in us that express our heart, our feeling, but don't match up with God's character? And so, how can we check that heart and bring it in line with God? Well, we've got to understand it's deceitful. 
is wrong. It's, it produces bad words and bad character and bad life and things that are wrong. And um, it's not good. And you end up with a heart broken, a heart that's corrupt. That only God can mend and only God can heal and only God can can give hope to. So we can't trust our hearts, they need to be directed towards God. But the fool, the one whose heart is not directed towards God, their way of life clearly reflects what is in their mind. And their whole judgment has become perverted. Everyone has become perverted. It's just what they think, what they want, what is right for them, what they should do. And when it becomes about us, our mind, our desires, our actions, what we want, what is right for us, then we're stepping into that action of being the fool, the one whose heart's turned away from God and we're seeking what we want rather than what God. And Isaiah 53, 8 says, We are like sheep gone astray. The thing is, there's lots of ideologies and things, secularism and things in our world that tells us we don't need God. But the more we tell people they don't need God, what happens? They get hungrier and thirstier for spirituality, for meaning, for identity, for understanding, for more. There's a sense that people are always in search for, for more. Who am I? Why am I here? Why do I exist? Why am I on this planet? Why do I think? <laughs> Why am I speaking now? Was it evolutionary biology? <laughs> Sorry, folks, but uh, when I was a little thing this size two billion years ago these words were already destined to be said to you and you're just being conned by your own biology do you believe that do you believe you're conned by your own biology that you're just sitting here because evolution said you're going to sit here poor you that you've got evolution to make you a christian or do you believe in your heart that you are something more that your conscience your life of who you are, your thinking, your being, your loving, your identity, your relationships make you something more than just a form of a, a, a mistake in the universe, a burst of light, an atom, a bug that, uh, that became something more. But I don't know about it, there's something about, about us as human beings that there's something about us which we cannot deny. And however logical we are about evolution and atheism and saying how we could come about and be here, we have no choice about it. We just, just, just happened. Everyone's determined by genes and genetics. and We cannot deny there's something spiritual about us, isn't there? There's something deeper. There's something 
spiritual that longs. And the more we say that there's no God, the more we say we direct our past away from God, the hungrier we become, isn't it? The hungrier we become, we want more, we thirst for more. And society fills the gaps with consumerism and ideologies and beliefs and identities and all these things to fill the gap because people hunger and thirst. Because when we don't have God, when we don't have the source of life, the source of living water, the one who takes our thirst away, we hunger and thirst, don't we? We wonder what do we hunger and thirst after? We hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst after righteousness. We hunger and thirst after God, His purpose, His will, His desire, His authority. We know our life is not in line with something and we don't know what it is. It's God. Amen. And when we get it in line with God and we know it's God there and we know who we're directed to, then we start to hunger and thirst. But then we get religion. Then we get idols and then we get all the other stuff and we build churches and sing hymns and, and do stuff and then that becomes our God, that becomes our idol. We start to find our own way to God. I'll find my own way to God. <laughs> I understand God in my head. I understand God in my head. I've made my own way in my heart for how I want God to be and God says, I'm here. I'm here. I just want you to to talk to me. <laughs> I just want you to know me. I love you. Can you not just open your mind to the possibility that I might be a bit different from what you think I am in my heart? That I've placed a calling on your life. I've called you. I love you. I desire you. And it's amazing to think there's this, this creator of the universe who sees how foolish we are. <laughs> Who sees how easily we get misdirected. How we get distracted by religion, by atheism, by consumerism, by all ideology, by secularism. By all these things that distract us as human beings as we we use our intellect. All these things that God has given us. All this ability to reason and do things. And we direct them on all things except from God. (laughs) You can understand why God's saying that's foolish. Because the source of life, the source of who we are, the source of the universe, the source of our power, the source of our, the thing that will give us, that will take away our hunger, that will stop us thirsting, is God. And he's saying, all right, here, do you want me or not? I love you. I've written a book about how I love you. Have you read it? <laughs> Have you read Romans to see what I've done for you? Have you seen the fall in Eden? Yet I still pursued you. Did you see how my people went astray? Yet I still loved them and saw them as a bride and desired them and sought after them to restore them. Do you see my love? How I pursued you? How I corrected you? How I treated you like a bride? How I loved you and brought you back? And even when you went, I took you into exile, I brought you back because I loved you and I brought you into my presence because I love you. And God says tonight, I love you. But you're a fool if you don't love me back. You're a fool if you don't know who I am. You're a fool if you don't direct your life to me. Because you're just going to hunger and thirst after the wrong things and never going to fill you. And I'm here, here, just waiting, just ready to pour out my spirit upon you, my very being, my essence, to live within you to restore you, to heal you, to build you up.
he says in chapter verse 7, Oh, that the deliverance for Israel would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortune of his people. Jacob will rejoice and Israel will be glad. There's a prayerful hope for restoration. There's a prayerful hope for God working. There's a prayerful hope for God moving. There's a prayerful hope that God will do something incredible. That God can restore. That God can heal. That God can deliver. And God holds out his hand and he says, I can restore you. I can deliver you. I can heal you. Will you trust me? Will you direct your heart towards me? And live for me? And know me? And know my ways? And serve me? And be my child? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, help us not to be foolish or fools who direct our hearts away from you to our own will and desire, Lord, but truly we may reorientate our hearts towards your purpose and your will. Speak to us through your scripture. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit, Lord, and work in our lives. Change and transform those areas of our hearts, Lord. Forgive us when we've trusted our hearts over your spirit, over your word, and over your direction. Lord, forgive us when we put our knowledge above you, our understanding, our gifts and abilities above you. And Lord, help us to lay down all before you and say, here's my heart. Here's my life. Directed to your paths, your will, and your desire in Jesus' name. Amen.